0: Now, in my experience, growth usually comes from a source of pain or discomfort which pushes you to try something new or interrupt an old behavior simply because you come to realize that the pain of remaining the same, of remaining who you are and where you are is far greater than the discomfort it's going to take for you to change and try something new. My intention for this show is to inspire growth within you so if you want to familiarize yourself with the journey many have taken to drastically change their lives this is the place to be
1: hello and welcome to this edition of the grow with Muin podcast i am your host Moin zafar and today i have with me kevin now kevin is the host of the hyper conscious podcast they have over 350 episodes out it's great content and he's absolutely crushing it kevin is a speaker and he's also a, someone who helps busy CEOs grow their own podcast.
2: Kevin, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so very much for having me. We've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks. I'm glad <laughs> we locked it in and uh, I cannot wait to chat with you and add as much value as I can to your listeners, my friend.
1: Awesome. Thank you, man. The stars are finally aligned for us. Yes. We're here now. All right, man. So let's dive right into it. Were you always into podcasting and becoming a speaker? And if not, What line of work were you in before
2: this and why did that change? What's your origin story? Sure. So no, I honestly, I didn't want to be a speaker until the first time I gave a speech. Genuinely, Mm. like I didn't, I didn't know I was a speaker until I started speaking. So all this whole thing started for me when I was 25, when I was 25 years old, by all outside standards, I had any guy's dream life. My girlfriend was literally a model. I just did a bodybuilding show. So I was in the best shape of my life. Um, I had my dream car. I had a brand new apartment. You know, I had money in the bank. Like by all outside standards, I was living the dream Moin. I was, I was the man. Mm-hmm. But inside, I wasn't, right? Inside, I didn't feel great. And it feel like I was the person that I wanted to be. And after this bodybuilding show, my girlfriend left me. My mm-hmm. girlfriend at the time left me. I was very fixed mindset. Like, I, you know, I was afraid of my own shadow. I was dealing with a lot of stuff. And when she left me, I realized very quickly that like, oh, you're not as confident as you portray. You know, Mm -hmm. the money in the bank doesn't really matter as much as you give credit to. Like your body, sure, it looks good, but like that doesn't make you feel good about yourself. None of that really matters. So when my girlfriend left, it was in October of 2015 when she left. And I said to myself, okay, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm insecure. Like, it's time for me to figure out what to do. So after two weeks of crying into my pillow, you know, I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this personal development thing. Like, I've heard Mm -hmm. people talk about it, I'm gonna see what this is all about. So I started doing positive affirmations. And every night before I went to bed, I would say, I am handsome, I am am talented, I am intelligent, and I will make the most money I've ever made this year. Mm -hmm. I leaned on that last one the most. Like, that's the one I really wanted. So 2016 starts up. And at this time, I'm working as a weatherization technician. I travel up and down the East coast of the United States, making state and government buildings more energy efficient. Just think of it as construction. It's easier that way. Okay. So that is the year that I got promoted as a foreman, which means I'm running jobs. Now, like if there's a job, I'm on it from start to finish because I sign off on whether it's done or not. So it starts off crazy. Like, I'm just traveling every single week, every single week. I have this video that I show uh, during my speeches. And it's me saying, it's, it's 3 a.m. I just got home. I worked an eight-hour day. I just drove six hours home. And I wouldn't change it for the world because I'm living the dream. Right, because right. I was making a lot of money at the time. Like, anywhere from $70 to $100 an hour is what I was making. And that was awesome. I was no college degree. Like right. 26 years old, like that's, that's amazing. But at the end of the year, so we get to the end of that year and I was on the road for 10 out of the 12 months, every single day, other than Saturday and Sunday in a hotel. And we're not staying at the Ritz point. We're staying at like the red roof Inn, you know, cockro- cockroaches crawling under the door, like some gross, some gross places. But I remember opening my last pay stub. My goal all year was to to get past six figures. And I remember opening that last pay stub and saying like, did I do this? Did I do this? And I open it and I did. So at 26, I made over $100,000, but I had that same moment of, oh no, nothing changed. Nothing changed. I thought this was gonna fix everything again. I thought this was gonna fix everything and it didn't. So I remember going to bed that night and this is where hyperconscious was born. I'm laying in bed and I remember thinking it doesn't matter what cars in the driveway, It doesn't matter who's laying next to you. It doesn't matter where you're laying. It doesn't matter what you did today or what you're doing tomorrow. The only thing that matters is up here. The only thing that matters is in your head. And that is where hyperconscious was born. So shortly after that, I started the hyperconscious podcast Mm -hmm. and I was still traveling. Now, the thing that got me so much money and got me so much happiness originally now took away from my dream. It took away from the podcast. Mm. So... That year was the same, man. I was on the road all year, all year, all year. And it just got harder and harder and I I was more miserable and it was brutal. It was brutal. So we get towards the end of that year and I'm struggling to keep up with the podcast. I can't hold a relationship down to save my life because I'm always on the road. You know, fitness is really hard when you're in a different gym. All of these things, my friendships were suffering and you know, the main thing for me was the podcast. And it got so bad, it was 5.45 in the morning. I'm sitting at the edge of a hotel bed in some crusty room in New Jersey, lacing up my work boots. I've done this hundreds of times before. And I just, the best way I can explain it is I couldn't turn the noise off in my head. It was like there was 10 TVs on and they're all on different stations. And one saying, you know, you can't leave this job. You're stuck here forever. You didn't go to mm-hmm. college. You're not smart enough. What's your family going to think? What's your friends, you know, what are they going to think? And the one that was the loudest voice was, do you really think you can be a successful podcaster? Like, why would anybody ever listen to you? Not and right. in that moment, I genuinely thought the best thing for me was to end my life. It was just this, this dark, trapped, hopeless, helpless feeling. Like, I, didn't want, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I, my reality sucks. I don't want to do this. Like, I need to find a way out of this. And for me, I thought if I ended my life, I ended my problems. Mm. Now, luckily, I didn't do that. I texted Alan, who you've had on, and I know you, you work with Alan. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked me down, and he said, like, dude, you just need to change, man. You're burnt out. You do this podcast thing. You love that. Like, why don't you do that? And in my mind, it's like, there's no way. There's no way I can just do that. I, I don't, I'm going to leave my job behind. Um, but three or four months later, I left my job. I went all in on this you know, I became a speaker, I became a podcaster, a podcast coach, a peak performance coach. And that was two and a half or three years ago at this point. Mm. So from there, like, it's almost hard to explain what reality is now. I don't look at the clock and say like, Oh, it's only noon. That doesn't happen anymore. I don't care what day it is. Really Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, I do some form of work for this every day. And I love it. I love it. And It's just a completely different life. And my goal always, whether I'm being interviewed or whether I'm interviewing somebody or giving a speech, I want people to, I don't ever want somebody to look at me and say, well, he did that, but I could never. Because that was me for 30 years. I didn't think I could do it. Some days I still don't think I can do it. And if you're watching or listening to this, like you are capable of way more than your current reality shows. You just haven't taken that step yet. Maybe you haven't been miserable enough. I was the most miserable. Yep, Maybe yep. you're not there yet, but yep. it's my goal to inspire, motivate, and to get people asking questions that they may have never asked before because mm-hmm. questions change your life. So that's yeah, my, yeah.
1: that's my, my story. That's an awesome story, man. Thank you so much for being so open and, and sure. sharing everything, every part of it. So one major thing is, is pain points, right? And that after the first, uh, first year in construction, you're making good money and your, your girlfriend left you and then that was a pain point and and you and you sort of rethought the process and you thought okay maybe i need to make more money oh yeah and then you went with that and you did make more money and then the pain was still there and then you like okay now what so this is the, the process i want uh, i want to highlight here is that pain is sort of a growing and a learning process and and to have the awareness to know that okay i met this goal but i'm still in pain that takes a level of introspection that not not a lot of people have, but what I always encourage on my shows. And that's why I thank you for sharing that story.
2: I, I think it's one of those things where if if you feel like you've been broken for long enough, and I don't want to use that term, and I don't I don't want anybody else to use that term, but that's how I felt. I felt broken. Mm. And I got sick of feeling that way. And everything I tried didn't work. Like... I thought money would fix my problems. Now, that's deep-seated stuff from my childhood growing up broke. Like, that's what that is, and I know that now. Mm -hmm. But my challenge to anybody watching or listening is start digging into your limiting beliefs. Start digging into your insecurities. Like, you can't treat those things like they're monsters under the bed. Because the monsters under your bed you're always afraid of. You know, they, they keep you up at night. You don't mm-hmm. want to hang your foot over the bed because you're afraid it's going to grab you. That's your limiting beliefs. That's your insecurities. That's your trauma. If mm-hmm. you run from that, it will catch you eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you should just shine a light on it now. Maybe not to the extent that I do sharing my full story or being super vulnerable. I've had to work up to this, mm-hmm. you know, but I still have insecurities. I still have limiting beliefs that I face every day. If you're watching or listening to this, you have them too. Everybody has them. If you're low on confidence, it's probably not enoughness. If you're high on confidence, it's probably fear of leaving everybody behind or fear of never meeting somebody that's on your level or whatever. Everybody has an insecurity. Everybody does. And I always suggest people start looking for them because they're looking for you. Find them first.
1: Yeah, 100%. And then it's it's like that thing that people say, in order to heal trauma, you have to dive into it. And, and a great uh, parallel for this is... and. So I've done some lucid dreaming work. And then, so when people talk about nightmares or ghost figures in dreams, and then you're you're usually the one who's running away from from these monsters or these crazy looking figures, right? And you're always being chased and you're running away. So the teaching that they, that they say is, and this is uh, mostly Tibetan Buddhism. And they say it is what you have to do in that moment because they see that that monster in your dream as a neglected part of you, as an insecurity. That's something that you've been, pushing down for so long that it's become ugly and now you're afraid of it, right? So what you have to do in that moment of fear or trauma is turn around when you're being chased, go towards it, hug it and give it love. And that's the way you solve it. And that's the way you heal trauma in lucid dreaming. So I love that parallel that you just that's mentioned. With that That's deep. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Awesome. So here's, here's my thing. So, so let's say you have, you know, you've, you've uh, discovered some limiting beliefs and you, and you've cleared a little bit of it, right. And you've sort of figured out a a purpose and you've broken down things into small steps, but does that guarantee sustainable limitless motivation once you have
2: that motivation is momentary, man. Mm. It's, it comes and goes. There's a big difference between being motivated and inspired. And I think so many people if you're going to a job that you hate every day, you need motivation. If you're going to a job that you love every day, you are inspired. That and that's the difference. And like it's always a hard question when somebody says like, "Oh, I'm looking I'm looking to find my passion, my purpose, you know, what I'm here to do." Like you know way better than I do what it is. You just haven't uncovered it yet. I can ask you questions to help you uncover it. But It has to be something that you, I'm convinced of this, and I'm sure you've heard this before. What would you do for free? What would you do for free? I did this for free for two and a half years, two years before I started making any money. But I love this. I work 16-hour days in the studio. I love this. Now, that's not sustainable either. You burn out. But I think that it's it's like if you're in a boat and the boat is sinking, there's a hole in the boat. And you're saying like, well, it's the water's fault. Like, it's the water. The water's fault. Like, the water's coming in the hole. It shouldn't be coming in the hole. No, there's a hole in the boat. So you're, you're looking at the wrong cause. If you're not motivated to go to a job you hate, you should get a new job probably. And that's a disconnect that a lot of people don't have. My girlfriend, th- this and th- this is good timing, she called me yesterday crying because she was overwhelmed at work. And she mm-hmm. said like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I said, babe, don't leave. Like, just leave. We need to find something that you love, that you love. You shouldn't be stressed out constantly at work. You shouldn't be stressed out at home because of work. That's not a sustainable game. And I used to be the same way. I have to go do this. I have to make this money. Like, if you got to take a pay cut to be happier, trust me, your, ha- your happiness is worth more than the, the $10,000 you're making. Yep. So, I think it's a fundamental... Thing like, do you have to get motivated to lift heavy weight? Sometimes you do. Are you gonna have to get motivated to send your taxes out? Sure, you're probably not gonna be inspired to do that. But if you're relying on pure motivation every single day, that's why you don't feel fulfilled. That's why you don't feel accomplished. That's why it's hard to build momentum. Some of the things you just have to do naturally because you love. And I know that's kind of a loaded answer and it's not very specific, but it depends on the person. Like, Alan always asks me this question. Do you feel like you're a hard worker for a long time? I didn't because I was working nine to five. The second five rolled around, I'm done. Don't text mm-hmm. me. Don't call me. I'm not thinking about it. Now I think I'm the hardest worker in the room because I'll do this for as long as it takes. It's not because I'm more motivated. It's because I'm more inspired, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I always use this analogy. If There's a hundred dollar bill. If I run up to you, I say, Moyne, there's a hundred dollar bill in that building over there, and that building is on fire, burning to the ground. Are you going to go in that building for a hundred dollars? No. Right. That's not enough motivation. Mm. But if your family is in that building, and I run up and grab you by the shoulder and say, Your family's in that building, that building over there, your family's there, you're not even going to think about it. You're not motivated. You're inspired. Mm. You're inspired to save your family. Mm. And if you can be inspired about your life, you will be able to live your dream life, whatever that means to you. But it does take that leap. And it's, again, it's not easy. It's not like Alan and I were in this studio last night crying because of how overwhelmed we were, straight up. That happens often. But it's part. I mean, it's par for the course. We, we have very big goals and high ambitions and we want to do a lot of things. And what that's going to require of us is a lot of emotional uncovering, a lot of physical fatigue, a lot of mental fatigue, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna take a level of us that we didn't know existed. But that's what you have to do in order to get the results that you want at a high, high level.
1: 100%. And, and I love that story about your girlfriend, she called you about the job. And it's, it's oftentimes it's a, it's a discovery process, right? So finding what you love, and then even more important is breaking the pattern, right? So if you're, if if you found what you love, like you found the podcast and you love doing it, but you still had the job. So that pattern was still there. You're like, I still need this. And then oftentimes breaking that pattern is even harder than finding what you love. Right. Mm -hmm. So talk a bit about that. How hard was it for you to really let that go? You said it took you four months to really decide to really let it go. So it was,
2: so what happened, this was the, the catalyst for it. I was working at a building and I called my company up and said, Hey, we can't work here at this time tomorrow. We're supposed to be working the night shift. And they said, we're not allowed here. We have to work day shift. Mm-hmm. I had plans for the podcast. I had like, they told me my schedule. I made, my made plans. The plan was, I don't know if you know, uh, Catherine mini, but mighty Nash. She's a very big influencer on Instagram. She had a podcast. She was, she's been on stage with us before we were supposed to go get a workout in with her. She was a good friend. She lived a couple towns over, And I told my company, I said, I can't, I can't work that shift tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. And that for me, that was me drawing a line in the sand of like, look, you guys are taking over my life. Like every time my phone goes off, I get anxious because I wonder if it's about work Mm -hmm. every time I can't do this. This isn't good for my mental health. It's not good for my physical health working in attics when it's 130 degrees Mm -hmm. around asbestos. It's that's not healthy. Like breathing in fiberglass. That's not healthy. For me, man, I switched. When I switched from caring about purely making money to caring about impacting others, my life switched because I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing what I was doing and stay congruent with myself. So for me, it was a lot of it was core values. For me, I'm always thinking of how sustainable is this? Is this relationship sustainable? Is this workout regimen sustainable? Is this, is this, is this? So for me, I realized very quickly that it wasn't sustainable and- I had partnered up with Alan. So like the, for me, the stars aligned in like the right time, and the right place, but it wasn't easy. When I left my job, I remember I was in the gym, literally in the gym on the phone with the people that I worked with. Naturally, I was in the gym. That was, that was the best place I could be. I remember when it happened, when it was like, oh, this is it. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this. It was like a weight, a weight lifted off my shoulders. And then another weight of like, yo, you don't have a job. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you just do? What did you just do? Now you're like all in. So as much as there was pleasure, there was also tons and tons of fear. And it took me a while to figure out like how to, how to work by myself, how to be my own boss, how to work from home. Like, honestly, man, I like to tell this because, I, again, I don't want people to think I'm a shining example by any stretch of the imagination. When I quit my job, I was smoking weed regularly. Like Monday morning, 11 a.m., I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to smoke a joint. Mm-hmm. I'm done for the day. Like, how do you expect to run a business and just, and be doing that stuff, right? So, like, for me, it was a process of failing and failing and failing and realizing, like, your current behavior is not going to get you the results that you want. So, I don't smoke anymore. Like, I quit that. You know, I very rarely drink. I do on occasion just, if I'm watching fights or something, I'll, I'll have a, a beer or a glass of whiskey or something. But, you know, I had to get rid of a lot of that junk.
1: 100%. And thank you for sharing that story, man. Of course. It's, uh, and again, it comes down to breaking the pattern of being the old you, right? So the old you like to smoke weed, and then you're also starting this new journey of the podcast. And then there's like a limitation, there's a conflict. It's like, in order for me to go hyper conscious with this podcast, I need to
2: let this go. Yeah. And then once you drop that weight, boom, you took off, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and a part of that for me is Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan is one of the reasons I got into podcasting and he smokes weed on a show all the time. And I was like, right. Oh, that would be so cool. And we're talking about like deep stuff. So one episode and this episode never saw the light of day cause it was so bad, but <laughs> it was Alan and I in Alan's basement at the pool table doing mm-hmm. a, an episode on relationships. And I mm-hmm. smoked before that episode. First time, only time I ever did it, dude, it was terrible. I couldn't even, <laughs> I didn't know what we were talking about, you know? So I, I think that you should always have an idol, a role model, somebody that you really look up to, but just because you look up to them doesn't mean you necessarily look up to the specifics, the details, uh, mm-hmm. their behaviors necessarily. Like you don't have to be the same way. I want to mm-hmm. be Kevin Paul, Mary, Joe Rogan. I want to be that form of, I do right. martial arts like Joe Rogan does martial arts. You know, I'm not a comedian. I'm more of a rapper than a comedian. Okay. I have my three things, you know? So, I think that following in the footsteps of somebody ahead of you is great, but don't get caught into thinking that you have to imitate them or do exactly what they do. Stay true to you. Like people want to hear you anyway, right? They don't want to hear you pretending you're somebody else because there's enough people doing that. Exactly. And then it comes down to your own core values,
1: right? So if you, if there's someone you admire and you aspire to be, if they have some bad habits, maybe, maybe it works for them, Mm -hmm. but you are, a unique person in yourself. So, you know, Snoop Dogg is a platinum artist, right? But he smokes weed all the time. That yeah. works for him. Doesn't yep. mean that if I smoke start smoking weed every day, I'm going to be a platinum artist too. Right. It doesn't work like that, right? right? He's Snoop Dogg. I can't yeah. be <laughs> I can't I can't be like him. So, it 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 depends on well finding out what works for you and then the balance is also important in some cases. But again, every situation is different for you, but you can't lie to yourself. You're like, "Oh, you know what?" I like this. It's comfortable. I can still keep doing it, but you, you, you'll know when you're lying to yourself. You'll, you'll feel it. Yep. You'll feel it. I
2: yeah. have so many, like so many examples of that. I was in a, I don't even call it a relationship, which is bad because, it, but for me, it wasn't a relationship. I didn't realize what I was doing. I was in a, I call it a situationship mm. with a girl. She was amazing. She was a sweetheart, but. She wasn't as interpersonal development as me, which is mm-hmm. fine. Like I don't expect everybody to be, it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good mix for me, mm. but the intimacy and the physicality was really good. And honestly, I could just show up and I could just show up. Me being there was enough, right. which is right. the definition of settling really. And I remember having the conversation with Alan of like, I gotta, I can't do this. Like number one, not sustainable. Mm-hmm. The sustainability, the, the sustainability bells are going off saying like, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? So at like, it was one of the hardest times during the podcast where like we're growing. I'm broke. I'm about to be single and like miserable. Everybody around me has relationships and I had to break that off because I knew it wasn't congruent. I knew the best version of Kevin wouldn't be doing this. He wouldn't be basically having a friends with benefits. Kind of. That's kind of what it was. Right. And I ended up hurting that girl. She, I broke her heart because I didn't know how much she was invested and she wasn't very happy with me about that. Understandably. So, but I had to get out of that when I did, because I knew I was going to hurt her worse. And I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't invested. I didn't want the same outcome she wanted. And once you realize that, you, you have to do something. You have to make a decision. Either you say, you know what, I'm going to let my morals go on this one. My values, like, ah, whatever. I'll, I'll check in with those later. And when I realized, like, when I realized my morals and my values were not congruent with my action, I had to do something. And I did. I, I said, okay, I can't, I can't do this. I can't yeah. do this anymore.
1: And oftentimes that is the hardest step, right? So once you know who you are and then showing it to the world that's the hardest step because then you're dealing with other aspects and I want to share a personal story too with this and it has to do with work right so at that point so I was working I used to work for a bank and um, I just had my my daughter she's uh, she's three years old now and then my one of my core values without even um, even thinking about it too much was spending enough time with my daughter throughout the day right and that came from my childhood right long story but so when, when I was working, I was only, uh, I was spending an hour a day with her. And then, you know, to me, that didn't feel right. I was like, this is not what I said I was going to do. So what's the next step, right? So the actual next step for me was to leave that job. Scary, for sure. But I had uh, I had a good substitute. So I found work closer to home, 20-minute drive. Before that, I was commuting four hours. I was like, oh, right, perfect. This works. I got the other, other job at the other place. And I was like, okay, I got time with my daughter. It, this is good. But then... You know, every time I got to work, I would feel anxious. And I was like, why? Why am I feeling anxious before entering to work? I thought this is it. And then I remember one day I was at the gym, funny enough, and I was running on the treadmill and I just started to cry. In that moment of crying, I knew that, okay, I have to leave this job. I can't do this anymore. It's it's just not fulfilling me. And I remember, so once that, that is the real, realization point, right? That's the pain point. But after that, you still have to take the step of quitting the job of dealing with, you know, not having an income and what are you going to do? But more than anything, it was clear to me that I cannot work there. I just, it doesn't matter if I have a plan or not. I'm just going to go to my manager the next day. And I, I remember my wife was still shaking. I was like, I'm going to quit. And then my manager was very nice. It, it went well. And, but I quit, but that was the point where it was like, this is my core value fine. Uh, I did it. I spent, I'm spending time with my daughter, but there's more to it. I needed more time
2: to be with myself too. And then a courageous action, man. But your level of personal development to, to get there must've been somewhat high because I think that not, I think it takes a certain level of understanding, of awareness, of belief to understand that your fulfillment, your happiness, your personal and family well-being will always outweigh or exceed what you're getting from a job, you know, especially if it's financially. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that we've been taught that you have to go get a good job. Nobody ever said you have to be fulfilled. Go to college Mm -hmm. so you can get a good job. Not go to college so you can feel good about yourself. Nobody ever said that. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the system is broken a little bit. A little bit, especially now where... People are working more than ever. They're commuting more than ever. And honestly, I think COVID is going to make a good a good change to that. Obviously, it's a tragedy what's happening or happened. But, you know, people aren't going to spend $50,000 a year to go to college anymore. You can do college like this. You yep, just yep. can't. You can work from your home on a on a call like this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can do that. So I think that the system is going to get illuminated a little more for what it is of like, Listen to all of the successful people. They all got what they wanted and realized that it actually wasn't what they needed. Right. And they, people say that all the time. Like, uh, you'll hear money doesn't buy happiness, but everybody wants to find out for themselves. Like, I know I did. I know I did, but that's why I try to say like, look, it's not, I'd rather, I know I'm going to be very successful doing what I'm doing. Did I, when I started? No. Cause I didn't have the level of belief, but I would rather grind for four years to get the money I was making before and then ride off into the sunset doing this because I love this, I love this. And it's there's this different level when you're fulfilled. That's 100%. payment itself. And that's one thing that I wanna to highlight too.
1: When I quit my job and I was spending time with my daughter without any plan, that's when I felt the most fulfilled. And, and, and the universe has a funny way of, of showing you things when you're in that space. So I was watching my daughter grow up and, and um, I, would just, I would just be observing her, you know, she's a small being and it's a little human. It's learning how to walk and talk and all these things. And you see the process, right? And just simple things like learning how to walk. She's crawling. She's seeing you walk. She's like, okay, I want to try that. And she tries and she falls and cries. And, but she did that repeatedly for three months without me having to tell her, you got to do this every day if you want to learn how to walk. She already knew that. So to me, seeing that, I was like, wait a minute. So if I didn't teach her that, she was born with that spirit of like persist- persistently trying to achieve her goal. That means I was born with it. Mm-hmm. So where is that now? And that led to me asking deeper and deeper questions. And I, I just summed up all the insights. And I, I, wrote, I wrote a book about my experience of becoming a parent and learning from my daughter. But it all started with me having the courage to quit my job without having a plan. And that's when I mo- felt the most
2: fulfilled. Yeah, but imagine if, and when I say imagine, like imagine it like it's possible because it is. Imagine if you had to quit your job, go through some turmoil, go through some fear, some uncertainty, some discomfort, but you could make more money doing what you love.
1: Mm.
2: Like that's a possibility for so many people. It is. You know, like Alan and I are really dialing in the business aspect of this and the speaking and the, the clients and like, we're going to make a lot of money. Doing this, but it's not. A lot of the the reason we need more money is because we need to help more people, mm-hmm. and you cannot run a business without money. If you're not, you know, cash flow positive, you're not going to be able to keep your business afloat. That's the most important part of business: is staying in business. Yeah. Right. But it's it's about the fact that like, I had this moment today, man, where it's like, I woke up at seven. I went to bed late, so before I went to bed, I said, you know, I'm going to sleep in a little bit. Let's get get another hour of sleep. Cool. Mm-hmm. I wake up. I foam rolled. I listened to a book. I did yoga, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to go down to the studio." I've been in the studio doing my work. Like, I got a shipment. I went downstairs, got the shipment. This is my life. Like, I am so blessed that I get to do what I love every day. And honestly, more maybe this happens for you. I forget that sometimes. Sometimes I forget how lucky I am. I forget what it was like to. I would be in New Jersey right now. Like, we're recording this on a Tuesday. I would be in New Jersey if I was still working at my job. A thousand percent in the hot attic sweating to death like miserable you know and i i get to wake up when i want i get to go to the gym when i want i get to see my girlfriend when i want cuz i live with her you know i get to do coaching calls when i want i get to design my schedule like i'm so happy but the deeper thing and the deepest thing is i get to do what i love i get to podcast 5 times a week i get to go on other shows i get to speak like i don't have to do that i get to And in this moment, I'm overwhelmingly grateful for that. Because again, I wanted to die at one point because I hated my life that much. And now I have something I will die for. I will die before I stop podcasting. Like I will not fail at this unless I die. That's the only way I'm failing. Like I will not stop. But do you see the difference if you're watching or listening? Like I wanted to end my life. Now I found something to live for and my life is completely different because of it.
1: Yeah, that's deep, man. (laughs) Thank you for sharing. So um, I want to dial in. So once you figured out what you wanted, you love this podcast and you've been doing it for a year. I want to talk about another pain point. So obviously there's times where you're struggling and you're thinking about, man, do I continue doing this or do I just go back to my job? Was there a moment like that for you? And how did you overcome that?
2: Dude, I don't think I ever when I left, I, I said, I told my family, I'm never going back. I'm, mm-hmm. I can never work for somebody again, like ever. So in terms of that, no. In terms of, I have a great story for this. I have a great okay. story for this where I wanted to quit the podcast. Genuinely, I, I thought I was done. Mm. So one of my buddies said to me, hey, if you could have anybody on the show, this, I think this was my seventh episode. Who, could you, who, who would you have? And I said, there's this guy named Justin Wren." Mm -hmm. Justin Wren is a professional mixed martial artist. He's been on Joe Rogan's podcast like five times. He has this thing, this uh, nonprofit called the fight for the forgotten. He goes to the villages in the Congo and builds water wells for pygmy villages who don't have access to water. Like this guy is a saint and he's also a fighter. Like he, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You know? And I was like, I'd love to talk to him. Like, He's this big, like six foot three, 260 pound guy with this giant beard. He's the nicest guy in the world. He's got this huge heart. And I ended up being able to interview him. I, somehow it happened where literally the next day he put a post up saying, I'm accepting 50 podcast interviews. Like, what are the chances of that? Cool. Wow. Yeah. So I end up getting connected with the guy who does his scheduling, I schedule a podcast with him. I'm in this crusty hotel room in New Jersey doing this interview over my phone. I don't have the right equipment because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And this podcast was awesome. It was great. The audio quality was brutal. I couldn't even <laughs> use it. Couldn't use it. Had to trash it. I had Man. to trash it. So I got my dream interview. I crushed it. And then I couldn't use it. Hmm. And in my, in my mind, it was like, this is it. Like, this is, I'm not, I can't do this. And the problem was, I assumed that that episode was going to make me famous which it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way. But, you know, I think my lack of awareness at the time made me say like, I don't think this is for me. Like I was heartbroken. I put so much of my emotional well-being into that episode and the fact that I can't release it, you know, it hurt me. And now that was like three years ago. Now Alan and I literally fail every episode, something like we did a mastermind last night. The audio was terrible because we couldn't use the mics because we did it on the whiteboard, you know, we just set this camera up. So we just did an episode with Dean Graziosi. Our quality is brutal. It looks like we shot it on a potato. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. But Dean's is great. So, you know, I think you kind of have to adjust your association and your relationship with failure because the only way failure is failure is if it's final. If you decide I can't do this anymore, I'm done. Like if I quit in my mind, okay, that would have been, that would have been it. Like, yeah, I, I, I used to be a podcaster, but like all this stuff happened and I couldn't do it. Like I have never quit tattooed on my arm. Like I can't quit. There's, there's like a, you know, it's a thing. I have a tattoo to my arm. Like what are, you gonna, what are you thinking? So I think changing your association with pain and, and, and failure is a necessity. It's not even like, it's not even helpful. If you're going to do something like this, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to start a business, if you want to do coaching, um, if you want to get far beyond where you currently are, your association with failure has to change and I think as long as you focus on the right way when you're in pain don't focus on the pain focus on what went well mm-hmm. but when you're on top of the mountain like you just crushed the best interview ever okay what did you do wrong though did you screw up the interview a little uh, the the intro a little bit okay could the audio have been better is the video bad how's the lighting mm-hmm. you know if if you're really crushing it search for improvements if you feel like you're the lowest ever search for things that you did well and that helps yeah and that sort of
1: simp- simply put that sort of ties into dealing with rejection well right All these things can be considered as as rejections and i and I have a few stories with that too like there's people that you want to have on your podcast, right especially oh, yeah. if you're someone new and you got lucky with, with with that opportunity but so there's someone that I really liked, and i this was a couple of months back. And I was like, man, I really want this guy to be on my podcast. Like, he's so cool. So he was a a lucid dreaming expert. So that's kind of my thing. Mm. I was like, all right, this guy, I love him. I'm going to email him. I'm going to message him, see what he says. And he said no. And I was crushed. I was very crushed because this is the guy who really got me into, like, introspecting into, into my own behaviors and being aware of larger things. And I was like, oh, man, that hurts. That hurts. And I was like, oh, do I continue doing this? Cause this, this 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 is painful, and then I just started reaching out to more people. I was like, okay, he's not the only lucid dreaming guy out there, and he's not the only guest that I'm gonna have on my show. There's more, and so what I got in more in tune with is the process of reaching out. So not the end result if they say yes or no, but it's the process of reaching out, and it's a, it's a reputation, like a rep. Alan likes to say that he likes yep. to say reps. So
2: dude, I always say like with my clients. If you're afraid of something, I don't care about the outcome. Mm. I don't care whether you get rejected or not. It's, it's not the outcome. It's the action that matters. Like, that's all that matters. And you're, afraid, you're so afraid of the outcome that you won't take the action. But if you took the action, you would get so much feedback and so many lessons that you could adjust your approach and not get rejected next time. Or you're going to realize it's not the end of the road. There was this beautiful girl at my gym. This was before I was blessed with, I have an amazing girlfriend now. So this was a while ago, but a beautiful girl at the gym every day she would come in. And I'd be like, Oh my God, I need to talk to her. Never did. Never did. Why would I? I'm afraid. I'm terrified. Right. She'd literally be working out next to me and I'd be like, Oh God, <laughs> like, I, I got to move. I got to move. So one day, and this is the other thing, the pain of regret always hurts worse than the pain of rejection always. So every day I'd leave and be like, Oh, I can't believe I didn't do it again. Like, I can't believe I didn't do it again. I can't believe I didn't do it again. One day I said, "You know what? Screw it. I'm sick of like I'm sick of feeling bad about myself." Went up to her, got rejected.
0: Mm.
2: Now, the rejection was nice. She said, "You're handsome. I just I have a boyfriend." All this happy jazz. Whatever. I felt amazing. Amazing, why? Because it's not the rejection, it's the action. Mm. It's the action. It's it's you got way more feedback than you would have if you did it anyway. Like, you know, at least you did it. At least you did you could you could dip your toe in the water and say like ah nope too cold. Or like you could jump in and then say like oh wow, like and after you get out of the water, like that was the coldest water ever. Well, at least you did it. Yeah. At least you did it. And it's you're gonna feel better for doing it instead of saying like, what if? And who knows what could happen. Who knows? You never know.
1: Exactly. And but I did and, get re- I did get rejected. Yeah, and that's fine. And that's the thing, right? A lot of people get locked in into overthinking scenarios. Like, okay, if this happens, um, you know, I get rejected Poof, no big deal, whatever. So maybe I'll just get rejected. And then that's the thing, right? You stop yourself from growing with with these limited thoughts and beliefs again, right? With with your overthinking, because you've never done this before. You haven't done this enough. That's why the thought of doing it makes you feel scared and anxious. And that for me, if you have an internal compass and you're afraid to do something, I would say, go for it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. As long as it's
1: safe. As long as it says, obviously, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you're at the edge of a cliff and you're afraid. It's like, oh, Moin said and Kevin said, go for it. No, that's not what you were saying. <laughs> I got I to
2: gotta make sure I clear myself here in case anybody does. We'll blame it on Moin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, this has been cool, man. This is a nice conversation. I love having you here. So I'd like to uh, finish out with two questions. And one of them is a message from the heart to someone I would say a younger version of you. So, the you that was working the job and you that also started the podcast just recently. And this, that someone is listening in right now. What do you have to say to them?
2: Oh, man. What do I have to say to them? Honestly, one of my favorite quotes is your reality becomes the parts of your imagination you hold on to the longest. Mm-hmm. And I would say to him, like, stop letting people take your imagination. Mm. Like, stop letting people who don't believe in themselves convince you you shouldn't believe in yourself. Like, get around people who believe in themselves. That has been the biggest thing. Like, you know, Alan. Alan has more belief in himself than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I am blessed to be able to spend as much time as I want with him. He's my business partner. He's my best friend. He's the the co-host of the show. Like, we do speeches together. I'm blessed to have somebody in my life like that. So I would say those things, like stop letting people's limiting beliefs take yours, but get around people who want the same thing as you. Like, this is another thing I say, are the people the best, or are the people in your life right now, your friends, are they the best for your future or from your past? Like if you're watching or listening, that might be the hardest question you ever have to answer. Because if your answer is, well, we hang out because we used to, we went to high school together. Okay, are they going to help you get to your goals or not? I understand it's not that easy to to lose friendships. I've done plenty of that. I understand. It's not about losing friendships. It's about reallocating time. If you can reallocate time, you know, because you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it if you don't accomplish your dreams because you didn't get around the the right people. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Like there's so many quotes about that. It's because it's it's true. So that's what I would say. Don't let other people's limiting beliefs hold you back. Get around some people who want what you want and some people who complement your weaknesses. Mm. Like find some people who have the strengths that you don't and find somebody like people who have the weaknesses that you're strong in and you can build something amazing that way. Yeah.
1: And you touched on a very super important point here and that's the aspect of support, man. And it's... I don't know what it is, but in, in society and culture, you, whenever you start something, you're like, okay, I got to do this on my own. There's nobody to help me. And I'm, I'm all alone. This is, it's a limiting belief. Once again, that I'm all alone, I got to do this on my own. And the answer is, no, you don't, you can have support. You can find guys like Alan who can, who have similar visions and you guys can grow together or you or, you know, now there's coaches now who can help support you in your past. I'm, I mean, there's no, one saying that you can't do it on your own. Maybe it's a slower, harder, even more painful process. But if you can get the support of someone who's maybe a little bit ahead of you or at least has the same vision or dreams or goals as you, then you're helping yourself. It's, it's you, you for me, it's an absolute must. Mm. A support system, especially if you're doing something you've never done before, you're quitting a job, you're starting a
2: podcast, you're writing a book, dude, you need support. Sure, yeah, for because, sure, Yeah. thousand percent, thousand percent. It's a lonely road. It's a lonely road. Like find people who are taking it with you because, and the other thing too is if you're doing it, it depends on what you're doing it for. I think if you're doing it purely for financial reasons, you probably try to do it yourself so you can make more money yourself. But if you're looking for contribution and impact, the best thing you can do is partner up with people who are doing that. Like if you want to impact a billion people, it's far easier to do it with 10 other people than it is to do it with yourself. So I think that's a thing too. If you, Alan and I are very contribution oriented. Like our goal is to help as many people as we can. Um, So teaming up with people is kind of our specialty. Like, you know, we're very good friends with a lot of people in this industry that we're helping them grow. They're helping us grow. It's this, it's this environment of people who want the same thing. And it's amazing. It's amazing. It's a game changer. So I, a thousand percent on the relationships.
1: Yeah. And, Once again, you know, it's, it's support and it's collaboration over competition. And it's just shifting into that abundance mindset. I was like, oh, he, you could easily see someone like, and this is, might not be the perfect example, but like Dean, he's on your show, right? He, he is a speaker and, and he has a podcast and, you know, and, in old school, you can see like, oh, he has a podcast. I have a podcast, you know, we're, we're fighting for audiences. That's that's the old school, but if you see someone as 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 a potential partner and you can collaborate with, now they have your audience, you have their audience, and you're both going together. And to me, that's magical. And that's that that's kind of sort of synergy it can be achieved at at any level, but for me, at, at podcasting it's just um, no, I wouldn't say a lot easier, but it's a level easier. At podcasting. It and that's what I love about it, man. Yeah, the
2: do the relationships are. Dave Meltzer is our coach. Like that wouldn't happen if we didn't have a pod. We never would have met him. We never would have met him, right? We're good friends with Mark Metry. We just had Anthony Trucks on one of our masterminds. Like, it, we're the people that we have access to, and the people that now we have good relationships with, is because of the show. That's the only reason. I'm just a I'm just a dude, Mister Mass. But like, mm-hmm. when when I have this, it's different. It's my brand. It's you know, we're gonna cross 400 episodes this month. Congrats, like, not a lot of sh- not a lot of shows have 400 episodes. Thank you, man. Thank you, but. You know, it's it, dude. Podcasting is—I'm so passionate about it. I love it so much. It's changed my life as much as anything else. It's—it is like it's such a good tool for everything: networking, personal development, growth, speaking, everything, everything you could ever want.
1: Yeah, 100% agree to agree on that, man. Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing so much value here with our audience. I'm 100% sure we've inspired someone today. And so before we go, where's uh, one place people can reach out to you and uh, connect with you, man?
2: Oh, sure. So if you like, the, like what we talked about, obviously we talked about it on the Hyperconscious Podcast. Um, but I do free 30-minute consultation calls with podcasters. So if you're a podcaster and you are looking to grow, you're looking to scale you know, you don't know how to automate stuff. You don't know how to edit audio, edit video, do teaser clips, get good guests, ask good questions. Reach out to me, Kevin at the hyperconsciouspodcast.com. We'll jump on the phone for 30 minutes. I'm not going to try to sell you anything. My goal is just to add as much value as possible. Again, you know, I've been on this microphone, this very microphone, for hundreds of hours. At this point, maybe a thousand. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Long time. And I've learned a lot of things in the podcasting game, and I've learned how fulfilling it can be and how much it can change your life. And I want to help everybody accomplish that. So reach out and uh, we'll book a time and hop on the phone. All right. Sounds great,
1: man. And I'll leave your email address in the I notes when I release there. the episode. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Great questions. Great questions. Oh, you're welcome. And even even better answers though. Thank you, man. <laughs> thank
0: you. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon podcast. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe to my show so that you don't miss a future episode feel free to leave a rating a comment if you want to follow me on social media my instagram is the girl with Moin podcast once again thank you and enjoy the rest of your day